Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today, Greg, we're talking about selfishness in marriage, which is pretty common. Um, We're all human, and it can be hard to naturally be selfless, um, especially when it comes to being selfless with our spouse. Right, because we... We all have our own wants and desires mm-hmm. and the way we want things done. I remember one time that we we moved into a, a home mm-hmm. and, and kind of built out this room that was more in the attic. And so mm-hmm. we turned the attic into a bedroom. Yeah, it's kind of on the third floor yeah, of the house. Yeah, but it was really high off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so part of my fear was um, to teach our kids how to use the fire escape ladder because we bought this – you know, a little ladder that you'd throw out of the window and climb down. And so I even remember you and I talking about, I'm like, they need to practice. And you're like, well, wait, you know, be careful with that. And, you know, I think in your mind, you were like, there's a way to do that and there's a way mm-hmm. not to. But And a time yeah, to do that. And a time to do that. And so I kind of blew through all of that because mm-hmm. I wanted what I wanted. And, mm-hmm. and although I could argue, hey, I was thinking about our kids and their safety, <laughs> really, I wanted to feel at peace. And so I blew through kind of what you were wanting or saying about it. And so I knew you were going to be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think you had something early on in the morning that you were doing. And so I woke all of our kids up and I had them practicing going out of this third story, little tiny window, this escape ladder, and in, thinking I could get this done before yeah, you arrive in January, home. In January. In the freezing cold. It was an ice storm and had blown through. And it was still dark outside. And so I pull up and I see my children hanging out of this third story window on this escape ladder. And literally, I couldn't uh, figure out what was happening. And I walked in the house and you're like, well, I was just having them practice. And I was like, um, in 20 degrees in the dark. And they even had their pajamas on. <laughs> yeah, because in my mind, I'm going, you know, they need to know if it's dark, if it's cold, in their PJs, how to get out of this 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 third-story window and down the escape ladder. And so, again, I mean, I can argue that that's what a good parent does. And I was equipping them to be successful in the event of an emergency, but um, certainly blowing past what you were hoping for, what you wanted to do what I wanted and what I thought was best versus really working mm-hmm. through that, which is <laughs> which is what I could have done. Mm-hmm. So speaking of escape ladders and safety, we've got some great segments coming up. And really, we're going to dig into this whole topic of selfishness. You know, later on, Erin and I will have a conversation with one of our counselors about practical steps that couples can take when they're really trying to overcome selfishness. So I, I will Aaron, I promise I'll really listen to what he's saying um, and how to apply that. You know, we're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she move past the hurt that she's experienced within their marriage and really stop getting triggered by what's happened Mm -hmm. in the past within their marriage? But first, we had a great conversation with Dino and Ashley Patron about a difficult period in their marriage and how they learned to put God at the center of their marriage. They're authors with some amazing thoughts. So let's listen to the conversation we had with Dino and Ashley. (music) 
we read about something you called 10 and a half months of crying. What was that like for each of you? And can you kind of unpack that for us? Yes. Yeah. So we had been married for maybe a year or so. We lived in California. I'd always lived by my family. And then we moved to Las Vegas. Dino got a job there and his parents had a house that they were going to rent to us for really cheap. So we're like, great, we're young and poor, let's go there. (laughs) So we went there alone, and it was the first time that I had really left my family, and it was the ultimate leave and cleave. And just me trying to figure out who I was as a person, where I stood in my relationship with the Lord, what I was to Dino, like who we were together. Mm. And now looking back, or even shortly after, I was like, that was the best thing we could have ever done for our marriage, for myself. Um, I really actually needed to be detached, like physically, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if we got into an argument, I would just like leave and just go to my parents' house, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and with, with this, there was no option and we were forced to figure it out. We, we went to marriage counseling when we lived there and it was wonderful. It was wonderfully hard and difficult, but it brought us together in such a beautiful way. Mm. Well, I love that. And, and Dino, you talked, too, about sort of those early years of really struggling with obsessions, especially around video yep. games, which I can very much relate to. Aaron and I have had <laughs> many conversations over the years about video games. Yeah, and then add children in, and so there's yeah, always exactly. a conversation to be had. Yeah, kind of how, yeah, yeah. how did you overcome some of those obsessions? Yeah, I was 24 when we got married, and I mean, I don't know, I, I have this... I, my perspective is, is like, I was basically a child still, <laughs> you know, 24, like, yes, I'm an adult, but basically the way my brain was thinking was as if I was a child. And, you yeah. know, God even commands us. He's like, you know, when you were a child, you thought as a child. And when you became a man, like you need to put away childish things. And for a good duration there, I decided that I was not going to put away childish things. I just wanted to continue to like be a child. Um, and that was a really, it was a, it was a painful experience because I had to basically see what the effects of my childishness had on my wife. Um, and it took time. Like, and it wasn't just like the fact of playing games. Like no. it was the fact that like, it was, uh, it was out of like a selfishness. We were like, I want to mm-hmm. play and I'm going to play. Yeah. It doesn't really matter yep. Yep. What, yep. how this affects everybody else. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there was, it was definitely a, a phase of my our marriage and my life where I'm very not proud of, and I feel like I squandered a good chunk of our early marriage because I didn't decide that I was going to be investing in our relationship and investing with intentionality, uh, you know, this, this posture of trying to become a man of God and, and what that all entails and the consequences of that um, in my marriage and in my family kind of thing. So, yeah, I... It, it was, they were hard years, you know, definitely looking back on them, they were things I was very not proud of. But. Yeah, and I, I think we all go through that. Greg and I always look back at those early years. I think you were 20, Three. Two, 23, I was 24, and two, uh, well, two years later, we had a baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not on our timeline, but such a blessing, and now we have a 29-year-old, See, which is I'd crazy. See, if I'd been playing more video games, we wouldn't have that baby. So. Yeah, <laughs> she's all worth it. But we, we all also say, gosh, we were such, we, we always say we were young, selfish punks and yeah, we yeah. needed to grow up and we did. And for you guys, what would you say, like those early years and the early distractions, you know, how did it affect the trajectory of your marriage? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Like we, the, the first 
the first like phase of our marriage was we we had a year away, which was fantastic because it was very painful, right? And like it's it's a forcing function to just say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to invest some in some capacity mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on like necessity into the, our, my marriage, and then beyond that, we went into like when we got back from Nevada and moved back to California, we were right behind that. We had a baby and. And and then another baby, and then <laughs> so like those early years were were very chaotic. I like to call that the blur time. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. All just chaos, and within that, like I feel like the first eight years of our marriage, we were just kind of like cruising along. It was fine. There was nothing really bad, but there was nothing really great either. Yeah. We were just like living. We were good roommates. Yeah, but like yeah. we yeah. had a good marriage, but it just was like yeah. fine. Um, and I think that was because we were still holding on to some selfish desires Mm -hmm. and not really, really like fully investing. And I know, I feel like the word gets overused now, but it's such a good word. Just, we weren't living intentionally within our marriage. Mm -hmm. We just lived side by side, did our things. And like, you know, we'd go on dates and stuff, but it was like, you know, after eight years, I had gone to a Bible study that really woke me up. God was working in Dino at the same time, and some things just clicked for us. And we were like, we're not going to live like this anymore. Let's actually, like, seek after God and see what He wants us to be doing in our marriages. Like, what type of woman does He want me to be for mm-hmm. Dino? What kind of man does and and father can Dino be? And then what can we be doing together? And man, like, what a crazy concept to actually seek yeah. after God in yeah. your marriage like, yeah. and truly be okay with whatever he says. Because for us, it was sell everything you have and move your family of three into a 180-square-foot trailer and wow. move everything. <laughs> and wow. we're like, okay. 180 square feet? Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. And then that, that was the beginning of us it, it really changing our lives and the way we wanted to live. We got a taste of what it really was like to be stripped away of everything um, because of our choice. But it wasn't like, and that's what made it so cool. It was like, we saw what being obedient to God and seeking after Him meant truly. And it was, if you looked at it or hear me saying that, yeah, we got stripped away of everything. Dino couldn't play video games anymore. I couldn't buy things anymore. We had dirt everywhere, bugs everywhere. But (laughs) it was incredible because it changed who we were and it, it showed us how we want to live our lives. Well, I appreciate Dino and Ashley's honesty. You know, when they're talking about their own selfish behaviors, and again, it's it's great when a couple is willing to to share the good, the bad, and the ugly, especially around selfishness. And mm-hmm. you know, I always think it's interesting how parenting will teach you how angry you are, and marriage will teach you how selfish you are. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's talk about the the opposite of selfishness, which is really sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that verse in Philippians two, three, and four. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look out for you only your interests, but also take an interest in others as well. And there's so much good in there. But mm-hmm. I think for us, it's really been a matter of, okay, what, yeah, how, how does sacrifice really show up in our marriage? Mm-hmm. I would say as we look at sacrificing in our marriage, 
that sacrifice comes from an open heart, Mm -hmm. that we only sacrifice for our spouse when we are well cared for. Our heart is open and we're able to go, you know what, I want to give this gift because really it is a gift. Sacrifice will never come when our heart's closed or uncared for. So we're really, our attitude is we're thinking of our spouse first and then laying down my desire or my time or my money or whatever it is, we're laying that down for our spouse, for him or for her. Yeah. And I think the practical way then of of walking out sacrifice is to decide, okay, I want to then give up something mm-hmm. that's of value mm-hmm. to me for the sake of of my spouse. So so for me it would be giving up something that's valuable to me for for you. So, you know, I value my time, I value my finances, I value you know, my interests and things mm-hmm. that I would prefer to do. And it's really when we go, I'm going to give up something that I value and, and instead give that to Aaron to let her then decide what we're going to do. Or or I, I remember one time, and maybe we've shared this story before, but it, it, it to illustrate that sacrifice, only sacrifice when we're giving up something that we consider valuable. Because one time I went into our our little pantry, you know, in our kitchen and just noticed that there were a whole bunch of mops. And I didn't understand why do we have so many mops? You know, <laughs> Which we don't cracks need that me many. up because I'm like, how many mops did we have? I don't know. Two, and I never used three, any of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I was just thinking, certainly we don't need three. And so I just gave what I thought was the rattiest one away. And it turned out to be that this was, you know, a very, very expensive mop that you would like been given you hosted some party uh-huh. and so that was Isn't like it, your prize an expensive yeah. mop that sterilized yeah. the floor so it may sound very sacrificial i you know i took this mop and you know gave it to someone who would go through goodwill or whatever <laughs> someone scored yeah but the point is is that i didn't value that mop to begin with mm-hmm. so there was no real sacrifice on my part right. i didn't give up something that i considered valuable and, and, and that's what we encourage. Just look for those things. You know, maybe it's, you know, hey, I was going to spend this money and go out and have some fun with my buddies. But hey, instead, let me, I'm going to get you a gift card mm-hmm. and, and bless you with that. Or maybe it's, you know, here, I'm wanting to spend the evening this way. Mm-hmm. And again, my time is valuable. Instead, I'm going to ask Aaron, what would you want to do? Yeah, yeah. And so what does sacrifice look like practically? You know, it can be anything from listening when I'd rather be talking or defending my position or getting up in the middle of the night. Um, If you have a newborn or a child that wakes up at night and letting your spouse sleep, um, giving your spouse the best piece of cake or food or the center of a cinnamon roll. That's a lot to ask, the center of a cinnamon roll. As long as it's gluten-free, you would love that. Yeah. Or watching a TV show that your spouse likes when really you want to be watching sports. Like a good action movie. Mm -hmm, Or sports. Uh, cleaning the kitchen, even though it's your spouse's chore that they typically do. You know, hey, go sit down. I want to do this for you. Uh, caring in the middle of a major illness. I just was talking to someone who had a 
as an adult, had chicken pox, oh and they were miserable. Yeah. And all he could say is, my wife took good care of me, mm. and she she was amazing, and nice she, sacrifice. she sacrificed. Yeah. yeah. You know, driving all night and letting your spouse sleep, um, letting her park inside the garage or letting him park inside the garage. I, I will say, Greg lets me park inside the garage, and so I don't have to scrape ice off the windows. Yeah, because we live in Colorado. Yes. We just need to get the other side cleaned out so you can park in it too. Um, you know, so it just is, there's so many practical ways. It's just opening up your eyes. I would say when I sacrifice for you, it's because the Lord will lay something on my heart. And or I'm seeing, I'm watching, I'm observing that you're exhausted and this has been going on. So how can I come in and support and, you know, and sacrifice? Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I I love the list you were kind of walking us through, and those are super practical. You know, if you want to go deeper in this topic, Dino and Ashley have such a great book called Designed to Last, Our Journey of Building an Intentional Home, Growing in Faith, and Finding Joy in the In-Between. So we have that available here at the ministry for a gift of any amount. And when you donate and get the book, you're really supporting the show. So we want to say thank you for your generosity. Yes, and all the details will be in the show notes. So we're here with our colleague and friend, Jerry Jones. He's a counselor here at Focus on the Family. And so we're excited to have you here with us. Jerry, what are some signs a husband or wife can look for that indicate that they're showing up in a selfish manner. Which never happens. <laughs> selfish is so rare. Not in my marriage, marriage, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it occurs to me that uh, silence uh, would be an indicator that you might be acting selfishly. And by that, I mean, is your spouse coming to you to talk to you mm-hmm. about things that they might want or need in the marriage. So um, their silence towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> if that's not happening, it may just be that they're shy, but mm-hmm. it could also be an indicator that mm-hmm. they're afraid to come and ask mm-hmm. you for what they want or need. Um, and the reasons for that could be numerous. Um, mm-hmm. But one of those reasons might be that uh, they fear your response. Mm-hmm. And so that could be an indicator uh, that you're acting selfishly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. might need to be a little more sensitive. In yeah, because again, it 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 happens all the time. I, I know when for for me the tip off is usually when I'm uninterested to hear Erin's perspective. I really want her to understand me. I don't want to hear about you know what's gone on for her. I just want her to really understand me. Mm-hmm. So it it seems like when I'm so self focused mm-hmm. and and go, you need to understand me. That's mm-hmm. that's a often a good indication that that I'm acting very selfish in those moments. Yeah. I yeah. won't comment. Yeah. <laughs> you see her nodding, though, her head. I see the her nodding. Her neck was cracking because she was nodding too hard. Yeah, anything, any other signs? You know, if your spouse is depressed, um, if, if they're withdrawn, if they're just not as joyful and as present in your marriage and in activities of the family as they you know, normally are, it may be an indicator that they're just feeling that the marriage isn't balanced, that maybe mm-hmm. maybe they aren't being seen or heard mm-hmm. or uh, understood the way mm-hmm. that they would like to be, maybe the way they normally are. And that could be another indicator yeah. that you 
might need to be a little more sensitive. I love the the responses you're giving, Jerry, because it's causing me to go, oh, so sometimes when he shows up poorly, I might be showing up in a way that's influencing that. Of course, I can't be responsible for what he does or doesn't do, but I absolutely can reflect and go, am I being selfish? Am I doing something that's causing him or leading him, influencing him to not feel safe to share or not feel safe to show up? Yeah. I one time, I don't even know where I saw this. Maybe it was a social media post or something, but it was kind of like a dare to ask your spouse, does our marriage favor me? Or do you feel it's pretty balanced? And so I, I saw that, and Aaron and I happened to be doing a, a radio program. So someone was interviewing us. And do you remember this, Aaron? Mm-hmm. It was uh, Susie Larson's mm-hmm. radio program. And so I thought it'd be all clever. And I said, Aaron, you know, I, I saw this thing. And, you know, the question is, do you feel that our marriage favors me? Or do you feel it's pretty balanced? And I, of course, knew it was totally balanced, and I mean, if anything, it'd favor her. Yeah. And and I was so stunned by her response, and and I mean, she lovingly said, "It feels a lot of time that it favors you." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and 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 yet, so I'm saying, if you really want to be courageous, ask your spouse that if you're willing to really listen. Because even remember, this was like live radio, so this wasn't even recorded. Like, this was all unfolding in real time. And I said, well, what? Like, give me some examples. Like, like I'm thinking, you're wrong. Mm. And it was interesting because she said, well, think about what do we typically do in the evenings? And I started to think about it. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, we typically <laughs> will settle in, watch a movie. And it became very clear to me that, yeah, that, that a lot of the things that I enjoy doing is what we tended to end up doing together as a couple when in my mind, I was like, this is so balanced or it really favors her. <laughs> we do the things that she wants. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, was, that was a great just <laughs> evaluation. If you're willing to do that mm-hmm. and really listen, it, it inspired some really good conversation. And it, it shined a light on something that I didn't really even notice was going on and that, that I was acting selfish in, that, in, in our marriage. So, so maybe in light of that, so asking each other if the marriage favors one or the other. Yeah, I mean, that that's a risky step. But what, what are some other practical things that couples can do um, to be more selfless? Well, one of the things that um, I wrote down really follows on the heels of what you just said, and that is to ask yourself on a regular basis, you know, in the last week, have I done anything that would enable my spouse to spend better time doing self-care for themselves, something that would benefit Mm -hmm. them versus me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you mentioned evening activities. That's a huge one for us to think about. You know, you might be a little bit selfish in your marriage if you haven't in the last few weeks spent some time at the theater downtown Denver watching Cinderella when you would much rather be across the street watching the Denver Nuggets play at Ball Arena, uh, yeah. those kinds of things. And, yeah. and, you know, we have to ask ourselves intentionally those questions because it's real sure. easy yeah. for it to become imbalanced. Yeah, yeah. and our world is so much um, self-focus and get what you want. But in marriage, there's an opportunity to sacrifice and to give that gift of time, of 
finances of whatever it yeah, is that you're resources yeah, yeah that you're laying down because you value mm. this person and how can we do that equally yeah. of course i can't force greg to do that so i can only focus on me um, knowing that i can sacrifice and i'm influencing and modeling a behavior that i might want to see Jerry, what would you recommend if your spouse and you're on the receiving end of the selfishness? So your spouse is showing up selfish and you're getting that. How do you go to your spouse and help them understand what that feels like? Well, this is where good communication skills in marriage come into play. And some couples just honestly struggle to know Mm -hmm. how to talk to each other in general. So a practical thing there would be for you and your spouse to maybe consider getting a little bit of help, yeah. coaching, mm-hmm. counseling mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah. Call uh, Jerry. We'll yeah. right through it. Well, we've got a lot of resources here to focus. <laughs> one 800 Jerry. And this is really what Hope Restored is all about, isn't it? Um, That's right. And, and uh, other things that we offer here. But, but you really do kind of need to learn how to talk to each other. And, mm-hmm. and a huge part of talking to each other is listening. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, um, with respect, come to your spouse and uh, be assertive in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. That can be a negative word, but it's not if it's done in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you're not trying to blame and say, you, 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 and you did the, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're, I feel, yeah, whatever. In a healthy relationship, a husband and a wife both feel comfortable Mm -hmm. approaching their spouse to ask for the things they want or need in the relationship. And uh, uh, boy, a huge part of that is listening. Being mm-hmm. able to uh, not get defensive, not get angry, uh, not point fingers, not overreact, but to listen with a view toward doing something different that mm-hmm. will benefit. And so if you are on that receiving end of a selfish relationship, I think a key word is respect. Mm-hmm. Respect the Lord, who really is the author and creator of our relationship to begin with. Respect yourself. You have mm-hmm. needs. And you are not a doormat. Mm -hmm. And God did not call you to marriage to be a doormat. Uh, That said, you want to respect your spouse. Mm -hmm. So if you have to have a difficult conversation, Mm -hmm. choose the right time, Mm -hmm. choose Mm -hmm. the right place, and come with a really sweet spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, just be honest. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. feeling like our marriage is out of balance. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to work with me to find that balance? Yeah, really inviting them in with you. Yeah, we're teammates here. Can we talk about this? Can we read a book? Can we attend a weekend retreat? Can we go to resist the drift? Can we, something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a good conference. I know, I wonder who does that one. (laughs) Yeah, well, and Jerry, I so appreciate what you're saying because your, your message around selfishness has been both Hey, first and foremost, you can't control your spouse. You need to look at you. So how are you showing up? Mm-hmm. And some of the things we talked about really lends itself to dealing with you. And then, you know, both matter in the marriage. And so fight for that marriage and and, and, and fight to keep growing. So let's, let's go to each other. Let's do proactive things that will help us keep growing exactly. and 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 that's what battles through that selfishness so mm. we're just so grateful for your wisdom and mm-hmm. thank you for being with us today and mm-hmm. for sharing the insights and we and again just appreciate the great work that you're doing yeah. my pleasure thank all you, you, you do having. here at focus on the family appreciate it
Well, I so appreciate Jerry's mm-hmm. insights, his wisdom, mm-hmm. and just the practical advice of how we can continue to deal with selfishness. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all selfish, so it's kind of like a no-dub. But I, I really liked the specific ways that he encouraged us to really do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is a condition of being human yeah. that we all have a propensity towards selfishness. And so I loved what Jerry had to say and with such wisdom. Um, clearly, he ha- has been married for a long time and understands that <laughs> even the best, yeah. the best person experiences selfishness. Absolutely. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A. And this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Today's question comes from Sophie, so let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in. I just wanted to know how to walk in forgiveness with my husband. I feel like certain things have happened and I have decided to move on from. But um, whenever we have certain things that trigger those feelings, I find myself shutting down, which is very frustrating for my husband and understandably so. So I just want to get over things fully and not easily get triggered or even if I do being able to talk through it and not pull back. Thank you. Mm, Sophie, thank you so much for your question. And, uh, you know, as I listen to what you're saying, it makes a lot of sense. Of course, we're like, I don't want to get triggered, but we do. And so often we want to convince our hearts of something that our brain is saying, you know, don't get triggered, but our heart is going, you know what, I'm getting triggered for a reason, and you're experiencing emotions for a reason. So really, we would say, you know, shift your goal to, gosh, when I do get triggered, what do I do? Um, You know, step away and really attend to your heart, figuring out, like, why am I getting triggered right now? You know, what are you doing? Are you retreating? Are you striking out? And just going... Okay, so what am I feeling? What is the name of the trigger or that more tenderized emotion? And, you know, just show up and care for you. You're exactly right, Erin. Because, I mean, the reality is the things that happen to us within marriage or life, you know, those can leave scars. And it's not that that we just can go, well, I just, I want to get over this fully. It's just, it's just not reality. Like, especially the way our brains, our hearts, really God created us is that, that we remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's a part of, mm-hmm. you know, the fight or flight. That's part of your amygdala stores kind of those memories. And thus when something gets triggered, you jump into action. I mean, it's not that that I just want to get over this and never ever think about it again. Like you're saying, I mean, what if we make the goal, well, when it, when I do get triggered, how do I really deal with me? Because I think a lot of times when we don't feel like we're walking in forgiveness, and Sophie, that's kind of how you frame that, I'm not walking in forgiveness, the, the reality is that forgiveness can be difficult for us to do when we are so afraid of being hurt again. Mm-hmm. And it's like our brain and our body wants us to remember, hey, don't ever let this happen again, so I'm not going to let you forget. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remind you. 
But the solution is the more that I learn how to really care for those emotions of mine. So really learning how to care for my own heart. So when I do get triggered, when I do experience these memories, when I, when I have those painful emotions, you know, what do I do with them? Do I, you know, ignore them and stuff them, you know, judge Mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm. minimize them? Or do I take time to go, you know what, actually, my heart, my responsibility, that matters to me. Mm -hmm. I can care Mm -hmm. and really learn how to do that job first. Yes, but we are commanded to forgive. Yeah. And so I would say it's a little bit of both, that we choose forgiveness. Right. Yeah. I think that's what most people, um, especially within the church, expect forgiveness to be, that I forgive and forget. But our brains and our hearts don't forget then they're wired to protect us, like you were saying. And so it really is, yes, I choose to forgive, but I also choose to care for me and to, you know, really show up and, you know, minister, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to my heart and to my brain. And so, Sophie, I just encourage you, do that job. God gave it to you. Step away, care for your heart, and then come back. And let your spouse know, like, hey, this is what was going on for me. Are you open to listening? Are you open to hearing um, what was happening for me? And it would be awesome, of course, in the perfect world, if we could um, have a spouse lean in and care, um, because that is really the the key to our heart relaxing, yeah. knowing that the other person or the, our spouse knows and understands and cares about what we experienced. Yeah. So, Sophie, again, we hope that you're hearing us say that it's perfectly normal to get triggered and be reminded of the stuff that we've gone through. This is how your body and your brain's going to work. Mm-hmm. Let that be okay. Mm-hmm. Learn how to really lean in and go, boy, those emotions matter to me. I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to take my feelings and those emotions to the Lord and let him with me care for me. That There's a confidence there, Sophie, over time when you mm-hmm. know that you've got you. I know how to care for me. And the more confident you are, the the more able you are to really forgive and and to let that stuff go, knowing that when I get triggered, it's okay, mm-hmm. and I'll just do some more caring, and then I'll offer that to my spouse to go, hey, I'm caring for me. I'd love if you wanted to join in, mm-hmm. and 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 that's how we manage those painful emotions over time. We never try to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks to Sophie for your question, and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, please contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Overcoming selfishness in your marriage can be hard, but with some intentionality, you and your spouse can learn to be selfless with each other. Yeah, so be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if this episode was helpful to you, please tell your friends about it. We want everyone to have a seat at the table each week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and and satisfying marriage. We also want to see you grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can turn right around and invest in another couple to help them have a thriving marriage. Thank you again for listening. We'll talk with you next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.
Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.